Neves Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. And welcome to The Parent Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. I'm Cathy Weston. And I'm Shirley Heyman. Tonight we are talking all about teenagers. Shirley, this is an exciting show. It's action-packed because we have many guests in the in the, sh- in the studio right. this evening, don't we? We do. We're really, really a bit squashed in here, but that's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. We've got lovely um, guests. We've got in the studio with us Jessica and, and Natasha. We've got two teenage boys outside who are fabulous, Camden and Sam. And we're joined also in the studio by Claire Woods, who's parents of a teenager and a teacher. And also later on in the show, we're going to be joined by Debbie Roberts, who's a Youth Connections Project Officer, and also Anesta Edge, who's been on the Parent Show many times before, with uh, talking about her expertise on teenagers in her role as the CEO of Raphael Counselling. So, kicking off tonight, let's talk to our lovely guests, Jessica and Natasha. Jessica, Natasha, welcome. Thanks very much for coming in. Um, Your year 13 girls, just tell people how old you are because not everybody understands that system. Uh, Yeah, so we're both 17 and we're in our last year of school, which means next year's uni. Right, okay. We're applying to uni at the moment. And living locally? Yeah, in St Albans. Right. Okay, Natasha, can I start with you? Just a yeah. very, very wide question. What is it like being a teenage girl, 2015, in St Albans? Um, well, it's difficult. Sometimes you love it and sometimes you hate it, to be honest. Uh, for example, some days you can't be bothered to put makeup on, do your hair, and some days you just want to get dressed up, you know? Is it is it really important to wear makeup, do you think? Um, I think it depends who you're around. I mean, me and Jess both go to an all-girls school, so we don't really feel the pressures to like, put makeup, dress up, because everyone is in the same situation. But, for example, I've got friends that goes to uh, mixed schools and even an all-boys school, so um, sometimes they do feel like the pressures because there's boys around and you want to impress them sometimes. Jess, do you feel the same? Is yeah, it- but also I think quite a lot of the time at a girls' school, it's sort of like you have to keep up with the fashion because otherwise the other girls will sort of like, like you they might they might not but you sort of feel like they're judging you mm. but yeah mm. so you know do you experience any particular pressure natasha do you think i mean being in a girls school you've mentioned about mm. needing to uh not needing to wear makeup all the time necessarily but you know what's what would you say are your sort of top two pressures at the moment being I a think- girl of especially at the moment we're applying to unis i mean my ucas application which is my uni application went off like around two days ago mm-hmm. and i'm doing a journalism course but i don't even know really if that's what i want to do it's just something that interests me and i think like in this day and age people expect you at 17 just to make your life choice and what you want to do what career you want to go into and you don't even know like who you are yourself let alone what you want to do in life do you feel that as well, Jess? Yeah, you know, definitely. Like, um, you're just sort of like, you're at the stage where you're treated like an adult, like you're treated mm-hmm. like you should be an adult, but you don't sort of have, like, as much, um, I don't know, responsibilities. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there ever the times when either of you just want to run home to mum or dad, you know, and just kind of have a big cuddle and say, you know, guide me? All the time, yeah. <laughs> do you do it? Do you actually do that? Um, I think... Not, not as much as I probably want to. But really? Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. I guess if I haven't seen my mum in a long time, I'll have a hug with her or whatever. But I don't know. I think it's sometimes hard to talk to parents because 
they I don't you sort of feel like they don't really understand what I sort of think they don't understand as much because you just sort of feel like it's you yeah who's in the situation yeah. and they won't understand can I just say to you as a mum of a 19 year old you know <laughs> actually we do understand and yeah. we can it is easy to put yourself actually back into your shoes but mm. it's it's quite painful when you're watching your own child go through it yeah. um social media you know it's a topic that it comes up all the time kind of yeah. all age groups Natasha, tell us something about that. Is it a massive pressure or are you quite resilient to it now because it's been around since you were, you know, younger? No, I still feel like it's a massive pressure because um, especially in magazines and when you look online, you've got all these like beautiful models basically and you might feel pressured to go on diets. Like I've been on diets and uh, I've tried to work out loads because you see that body in the media and you feel like that's what you should have. So you mm. almost feel like obliged that you need to work for that figure or whatever. So I know like loads of people that go on diet, work out, yeah, yeah, and they're trying to fit that in around yeah, studying for A levels, mm. GCSEs. Yeah, yeah, to like juggling like all these life expectancies. Yeah. yeah, you know, do you think it has an impact on your you know emotional well being and your mental health? Definitely, I think quite a lot of like especially young girls like going to all girls school. I think I've we've all seen people who have struggled with like mental health and had to deal with like eating disorders because they're dealing with their education and also their body image and self-image and yeah it's sort of yeah mm. Mm. do you think the schools are supportive do they have systems set up to try and help young teenage girls you know deal with the pressure of body image yeah, I think our school especially is quite good mm -hmm. at dealing with them. We've got youth connections um, and sort of like here, like help, um, here to help sort of like mm -hmm. classes at lunch. But I think in the sixth form, you're sort of, I don't know, you're treated like an adult. So you sometimes they just think that you can deal with it yourself yeah. when in actual fact yeah. you can't. Mm -hmm. Are there any kind of systems within your school, Natasha, where you're helping younger sort of 13, 14 year olds? Do they have a buddy system where girls... Can, you know who have yeah. gone through it already can support younger ones yeah we have um form prefects so i was a year eight form prefect and i think that's 13 14 years yeah. old yeah and um so you go in um and you kind of try and talk to them but i think sometimes they feel intimidated by you mm. so they don't necessarily want to talk to you i think when you're younger you're more likely just to talk to your peers and friends right, rather right, okay. than older people because you feel almost intimidated by them. That's such a good point. You know, it sounds as an adult like a great idea, mm. but I can see what you're saying. Uh, let's think about friendships. I mean, you know, there's that kind of cliche that a girls' school is going to be a bitchy place. <laughs> you don't. I'm not asking you to spill the beans, but you yeah. know, do you? You've talked already about maybe the pressures would be less oh no sorry the pressures would be more if you had boys around yeah. so what would you choose given the choice now looking back girls school or mixed school girls school you would yeah i don't know if it's just my school that's been quite good but i've not really had to deal with like that much bitchiness right uh, it's probably just my case but um i know that quite a lot of times at all boys like mixed schools they've that there's been a lot of problems with like over boys and okay. like over relationships yeah and I think that that can like spur up like arguments and bitchiness, but mm -hmm. yeah, I think an all girls school also because you can relate to other girls so much that you sort of understand. Mm -hmm. the, yeah. And in the lessons, I mean, do generally would you say girls are quite committed, driven, hardworking <laughs> A level students? If yeah, they're, if they're there at that stage, so. I think yeah. so. Yeah, and you always hear from teachers as well, like. Um, 
girls are more likely to be determined in their studies <laughs> yeah yeah so right. would that be another reason for you two maybe not wanting to go to a mixed school because you're quite driven to yeah, get I to uni distractions with <laughs> and everything so yeah. yeah and how do you meet boys then if you're at a girls school um friends who are out of friend, schools, yeah. yeah and also just when you go out sometimes like at parties you mm. just meet people and you form a connection and you would keep friends with them so yeah uh, one more question I'd just like to ask you is certainly, you know, it was a long time ago for me being a teenager, but I, I, um, I'm just wondering, you know, is there less pressure to get a boyfriend these days because girls and boys go around in groups, whereas that wasn't so much the case, I have to say, you know, in the 80s when I was your <laughs> age? <laughs> um, I, I personally, yeah, I personally don't feel like there's a pressure now right? because everyone's gotten over that phase, but certainly, like, in year nine or year ten... I feel people yeah, feel like pressure. 14, 15, I yeah. think. Quite a lot of the time it was like fashionable to have a boyfriend. But now we've kind of grown out of that. We don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. You know, thank you so much for being so honest. <laughs> thank you. And Thanks. so articulate. <laughs> thank you so much. It's great to hear your voices on the radio. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Thanks, girls. And we're going to come back with Debbie Roberts from News Connections in just a minute. See Welcome back. It's the Parent Show on Radio Verulam 92.6 FM. And we've just had the most wonderful girls, and haven't we, ladies, into the studio. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much to Jess and Natasha for sharing what it feels like to be a teenage girl these days. We're very, very impressed. And we're going to be speaking to Debbie Roberts now, who's hopefully on the phone, who's uh, based in Youth Connections. Hi, Debbie. Hello, Kathy. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Did you happen, did you hear Jess? and Natasha talking about their experiences? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And what was your... Was it, would, would you say what they've said is representative of the feelings of many teenage girls? Girls and boys, you know, looking good, fashion, body image, um, all the physical changes they're going through. You know, girls want to look lovely, boys want to look like American footballers. It, it's a stress for them. And I think what, what came across in that interview, I don't know if you would agree, Shirley and Claire, who were here in the studio with me, was that, you know, the, there's so much to, in such a short space of time to deal with. You know, they're basically moving out of childhood and suddenly all these pressures are on them. And as they've said, Debbie, you know, they're expected to, you know, act like adults, behave like adults and make very adult decisions. Yes, and they haven't got the life experience to deal with that. Yeah, the life experience is not accompanying that. No, absolutely yeah. And Debbie, what would you say to parents listening who are trying to help their children through the period of adolescence with those accompanying challenges? Well, the first thing I wanted to say actually was to recognise three things. Like, like we've just been discussing, they're being overwhelmed by hormones and their bodies are changing, their brains are reconfiguring. And while all this crazy stuff is going on, there's the pressure, as the girls said, to conform, to do well, achieve well at school. And I, you know, I don't think unless you're a parent of a teen, you realise that it's not, it's not sufficient anymore to be average and get a C. Our school systems demand very high results. And, and 
you know, for good reason, but there's a huge pressure. So, you know, when I was at school, it was a choice to go to college. For many young people now, it's not so much a choice. It's enforced on them. And the results they get at GCSE can have huge implications. Um, I just had a phone call today from my child's teacher reminding me that unless he got B's in all his subjects, he wouldn't be going back to school. So there's a pressure there from parents and there's a pressure there from schools. Now, look, they come home at the end of the day and after they've struggled with all that crazy hormone stuff, all the constraints of being a good student and achieving well, um, the social nightmare that it is to be a teenager, um, they come home and it's... You didn't make your bed, you've got to do the dishwasher, get on with your homework, your tutor will be here in 15 minutes, no, you can't go out, and yes, we are going to grandma's. Um, you know, they're bombarded. Now, I work with kids who are very challenging um, and who may possibly even see the inside of a cell at some point, but I also work with a lot of kids who are considered very fortunate, high achievers who are destined for our top universities. And there are some things they all have in common. And so I have a small list of things. First of all, it's safety. And I mean this at a very deep and spiritual level. The need to feel safe around the people who are your significant caregivers. Um, they're going to protect you. They're going to back you up. You're going to forgive them when they make a mistake because they all make mistakes. We all do. You're going to understand them even when they don't understand themselves. And then there's consistency, um, because what they need to know that is that there will never be a time when you won't do any of those things, when you won't protect them, when you won't back them up, when you won't forgive them. Now, this doesn't mean there won't be consequences for their behavior. You do have to have boundaries, but they do need to know that you're going to be there. There was a really important study done several years ago that looked at parenting, and kids were divided into three groups, those with really loving homes, those with no support whatsoever, and those whose parents sort of dipped in and out. Sometimes they were really on it, and sometimes they weren't so useful. Now, not surprisingly, the kids from the loving homes with consistent boundaries did really well. The ones who did next, um, you know, who, who, who were also doing quite well, but maybe not as well as they could, were the ones who had nothing because that was consistent. At least they knew they were on their own. The ones who really struggled were the ones whose parents were sometimes there and, and making demands and saying you've got to do this and other times weren't really bothering. So consistency is huge. My next thing is, it's going to sound silly, but it is love. And it's knowing how our expression of love will play out for the child in the long term. So. I'll tell you a story. I knew a man once who told me very proudly that in order to protect his most precious gift, his little girl, who he loved so much, he was harder on her than any of his other kids, and he said it was to make her stronger. He did it because he loved her so much. He just wanted her to be safe. The thing that we sometimes miss as parents is that actually our child's world is us, or our, the significant caregiver. That's their world, and if their world is tough, and what you're teaching them is that their need for love won't be met. Their need for someone to see them with joy won't be met. This does not protect them. This becomes ingrained behavior like a little baby duck. Um, and what they look for, it, it becomes what they look for in their partners, 
which is the exact opposite of what this father really was trying to achieve. And Debbie, can I just um, butt in there? Um, one of the things that's come to mind is that really the, 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 the things that teenagers need desperately for their emotional well-being is, is what children need when they're very young. It, it doesn't alter when they're in the teenage years that, you know, it's this, they need the boundaries and the consistency and perhaps as they enter into adolescence, parents may back off thinking that's the right thing to do when actually it is about the surround sound, you know, the wraparound care and love that you've mentioned. Yes, definitely. I, I, I know with my own son who's 15, he still wants a hug, although he did forbid me to say that on the radio. Um, but there will be times when, you know, everyone needs that. And I, I see it with dads. They withdraw from their girls because their girls are now becoming young, beautiful women and they're not quite sure what the boundaries are. Girls need their hugs. Boys need it. But yes, we do have to redefine our relationship with them. We're, we're not there to worry about every little thing like we did when they were two years old they have to have um some freedom to to live and and get that experience to know how to handle things how to handle conflicts how to handle the world and debbie would you agree when things crop up as they do in these years through trial and experimentation and you know getting into trouble for different bits and pieces how should parents you've mentioned it but how should they react in those scenarios what's the best possible thing they can say to their child when there's an infringement of a of a you know a house rule or something at school how best to support them i really think all behavior you have to take responsibility for your behavior and so when behavior isn't how it needs to be that needs to be challenged but for me the bottom line is is those children always need to know that you are there for them you will protect them you've you've made a mistake this time let's work it through what happened how can we do better because it's a learning process forbidding you know making huge threats we have to be really careful with our language because if you don't carry your threat out your words become meaningless so threatening isn't a good thing i really do feel that Giving them that love and making sure they understand that, yes, you've, it's a disappointment. This isn't what I would have wanted, but let's see how we can do better next time um, and trying to work it through with them. Look, Kathy, there are serious situations for many families. Some people are really struggling with the most challenging behavior. And, it, and you know, if, if you're a parent that's in that situation, you do need to get better advice. Uh, not better advice, but, you know, more specific advice for your situation. But generally, for most of us dealing with the normal struggles, um, yeah, I think it's being consistent and loving um, and having those consequences for when things do go wrong. Debbie, briefly, tell us a little bit about Youth Connections. What service does it provide that parents can presumably, you know, refer to or, or um, send their children along to? What does it do? Youth Connections has so many opportunities for young people. So we have personal advisors who are in each school that can offer information, advice, guidance on education, training, higher education, apprenticeships, CVs, anything around education or employment. Now in St Albans we're really lucky because we have a shop in 41 to 43 Catherine Street and that's open Monday to Friday 1 to 5. You can just drop in and get advice and guidance on all sorts of things there. We have youth workers who are out and about, um, walking around, chatting to people, and then we have 
youth projects like the Pioneer and we have a youth club in Harpenden and Wheat Hampstead. Then there are things like the Youth Council and Youth Forum um, and the Youth Health Champions. There's so many opportunities to get involved. And can I just say, for anyone listening that would like to know more, you only have to um, go online and look at Channel Mogo, and then whatever area you're based in, you will find activities that are going on, not just by Youth Connections, but all sorts of things for young people, from volunteering, NCS, Duke of Edinburgh. Um, we cover all those things. Brilliant. And Debbie, we'll be putting up your website on our Facebook page uh, right now. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And, and all the very best. OK, thank you. Thanks bye, a Kathy. lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, that was Debbie Roberts from Youth Connections. He's one of the project advisors down there in Harpenden on the High Street. I've been to that lovely Youth Connections office and some of the facilities there for young people are absolutely fantastic. So do get in touch with them. Now, we're going to move over. We've had the teenage girls on tonight. We've had Debbie Roberts. And now we're going to speak to our teenage boys, they're called. It's Sam and Camden. How are you guys? Hi, thank you. Yeah, I'm all right. Feeling good? Yeah. Nervous. <laughs> Nervous, that's okay, that's okay. Well, we've had the girls talk us through a few of the issues that they have, you know, pressure at school, pressure to look good. Um, I think Debbie said sometimes the boys need to look like American footballers. Now, Camden, you do actually look like an American footballer. Oh, do I? Because you play rugby, don't you? So I do, yeah. Is that a pressure to look good and be sporty as a boy? What do you think? Um, it's, it's hard to say because, I mean, first of all, I go to a nice school, so... I'm quite privileged in that way, and I'm also a sporty guy, so I've never really considered that much. Um, in terms of looking good, I'm sure it's a desire of pretty much anybody my age, and I'm sure there are people who are quite pressured by it, but, you know, everyone's, you know, different, and for me, I, I do sport, and I want to do sport, so that's all there is to it. And are you both at a mixed school, or is it... I'm at mixed school, yes. You're at mixed school. What about you, Sam? I'm at boys' school. You're at all boys' school. Okay. And what was your take there? The girls were saying they actually preferred a single-sex school. What would you say, Sam? What um, do you think? Well, I quite like an, I quite like being in an all-boys' school because, like, I like the lads. Like you like being with like the lads? Yeah. 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 Well, that's a good reason, isn't it? A bit yeah. of banter. Yeah. yeah. And do you think it's, it would be easier or difficult during the day if there were girls there? Would it just cause too many I don't know. Problems? I think there'd be a lot more arguments if there were <laughs> girls there. Like, That's a good prediction, isn't it? Yeah. What about you, Camden? Um, going to a mixed school, it's, it's all I've known, so I can, you know, criticise or promote the other one. I think being in a mixed school is good because you're socialising and you're getting used to um, being around both genders, which you will be when you're, you know, going out the rest of your life. That being said, I've heard lots of, you know, statistics and reports that say single-sex schools are just fine and, you know, you could battle go forth in between the two, but I don't think there's much of a, a problem, really, with either. And how do you both find, we've mentioned social pressures, or the social media pressures. Do you, are you, on, you know, pressured by your friends to go on Facebook and Twitter or Instagram or WhatsApp or whatever other apps young people are using? Uh, well, yeah, a little bit, because you feel like you're going to miss out on things if you're not. In, up on all that stuff so everyone sort of has it that I know that's, that's all I'm used to and presumably you have to have the best phone or a phone uh, see I pride myself on my cruddy phone basically I don't um, I made a choice a while ago to avoid social media um, I don't particularly like it but on the other hand more recently especially as you know I've 
made more and more friends and you know I'm getting there are more instances where I'm missing out and stuff because I'm not on social media so I don't think it's something to feel pressured into it's a, it's a tool and you should use it as a tool that's my personal perspective yeah. on it what about you, Sam? Do you feel if you're not using it, you would miss out socially? Yeah, yeah that's, that's sort of how I feel, because lots of the things I go to, like parties and that, they're all arranged on social media, so it's like you won't get invited if you don't have it. So. Right, that's interesting, yeah. And I think for Facebook, there's a minimum age of 13, isn't it? So there must be lots of teenagers. Yeah, the, the minimum age thing is um, kind of a joke, really. Yeah. People, people lie. What about computer games? I want to ask you guys, is there pressure to play lots of, you know, computer games? Or is that a, something that's important to your social life? Um, it's not so much now, because I'm walking towards, you know, I'm in year 13, my A-levels are coming up, and... A lot of study. I ha I realised the other day I played um, a game for the first time in quite quite some time. But it certainly used to be quite a big part, and I'd usually arrange to go on with a few of my mates and go on online. And you know, it's a lot of fun when you're talking to your mates and mucking about in a game. But that's definitely something we didn't have in our day, isn't it? You you know, it used to be you had to use the dial and phone up your friends <laughs> and get them on the other end and hold the phone while you're doing your Pac-Man. So it's a bit different, isn't it? What about you, Sam? Are well, you I, I prefer to go out, and but I do play a little bit. Game, like, me and my friends like sometimes play like games after school for a bit and go out a bit later. Like, it just depends how we feel like. Yeah. Particularly in the dreary weather. So yeah. it's a good, yeah. good thing to have. Yeah. But, yeah, sports. Um, what about, guys, you know, giving your parents some help in how to, you know, deal with you so that you feel understood and supported? What would you like to say to any parent listening who's got young people your age? What do you think they, they don't understand that you'd like them to understand? I'd say uh, it can be quite difficult when you're, um, you know, we might be, you know, 17, you know, but I'm still new to the world and I don't understand a lot of things. I'm not going to pretend to be a know-it-all. And when your uh, parents give you, you know, make decisions, tell you to do it, saying, you know, because I said so, you know, it's quite funny at times and stuff, but when you make these, uh, I think the words arbitrary decision, I can't say it, but you know what I mean, when you make decisions without ex explaining why it is, mm -hmm. um, it can be quite upsetting actually because you're thinking, well, why? <laughs> I just want to, uh, yeah, so you don't need to give a long-winded explanation either because that can be quite tiresome, we're very fussy. So what's nice is, you know, short and sweet short, short and sweet to, to the point and remember that you know like i said we're new to the world we're experiencing it you know and as we go along we'll make mistakes and we will make our own mistakes and that's how we learn and i think you'll probably agree that when you were young you like to make your own mistakes and do things your own way no Camden, we were perfect no okay okay i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> We've never made mistakes. I'm kidding. And Sam, what would you like to say? What well, do you think? I don't know. I get angry quite easily. And okay. Like frustrated. So I sort of just want to walk away. Like like when mum's telling me off, I don't like to stand there and listen to her. Yeah. For a long time. But like, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. But fe I think feeling angry is very much a normal experience yeah. of adolescence. What do you think, Camden? You're a bit older. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I'm. As I've matured, I've got I matured. Look, <laughs> uh, as I've got older, I've my anger and stuff is dwindled down, and you learn to, you know, calm yourself and stuff. I mean, like obviously, it's not the same for everybody. Some people struggle with it more, and but I can certainly understand getting angry with your parents because 
you're not in control and um, you know when you're not in control that can be frustrating but obviously it's necessary so and I know you play a lot of sport Camden do you think that helps you Certainly with your does, emotions yeah. I mean I I didn't like sports for a long time and uh, I was made to try a lot of them and I I actually appreciate being made to try things because sometimes you don't want to go out and do and been that push is quite helpful um, but Thankfully, they were quite understanding when I said I didn't want to do that. Like, when I first went to rugby, I played rugby loads now, but when I first went to rugby, I was like, no. <laughs> I was a very stroppy person. Um, and then I started karate, because I was actually had a genuine interest. And from there, my, like, sporting enthusiasm grew quite a lot. And, um, yeah, no, so karate definitely helped with, you know, just getting rid of that extra energy. And, you know, I guess it is slow, like, anger management in the form. It's all they're very spiritual in terms of using it in the right way as well yeah. and what about you sam what do you do to try and relax and maybe become less frustrated when you're angry or do you do you walk them your mom's dog do you play a computer game do you speak to friends how do you try and cope with that emotion i don't know i sort of i forget about things quite quickly i don't hold grudges so it doesn't affect me for a long time like, yeah yeah well that's a good way to be to not hold grudges isn't it yeah but i do play a lot of sport as well and that i think that helps as well like running around yeah and rugby as well wow okay so there's a nice theme that's another tip for parents maybe get your young teen involved in sport or give them a little nudge Camden says even if they don't want to okay well we're going to have a little break so thank you Camden and Sam it's been brilliant thanks for having us and um, yes enlightening so see you back in a second So we're joined in the studio now by our last guest, Anesta Edge, who we've, we've had Anesta on our parents' show a few times, and she is the CEO of Raphael House Counselling Centre. So she's the lady who's at the front line every day locally uh, dealing with teenage issues, and she's here to give us some feedback as parents on what she thinks we should be doing to help our young people. So how are you, Anesta? Yep, not too bad, thank you. How are you? Good, very good. Now... A few issues have cropped up tonight. Social pressure, pressure to look good, social media, which we can't even begin to understand those kinds of pressures because it just wasn't there in our day. <laughs> and, and also maybe an increased demand in the school environment for better grades. And, you know, we, we're also seeing in the press lots of issues around poor declining mental health. What's your take on all of that? I agree. A hundred percent. It is awful out there at the moment i think that social media is key i think that we need to really think about social media and the effect that it has on young people and their self-esteem i think that if you post a picture on facebook and you get two likes and then your friend posts and she gets 45 likes well then you know your self-esteem is a lot going to be a lot lower and actually why does it matter why is it important well it matters because our parents or the young people's parents have social media and they spend a lot of time on their phone so it's almost a bit inbred into the family at the moment whereas actually why do we need it why do we have it why do we need to see everyone's life why do we need to post on instagram or post on facebook or post on any of the other social media sites there's so much it's just overwhelming i don't think that young people's brains can actually cope with the amount that it is being overstimulated especially before they go to bed especially before exams you know turn your phone off just lock it off you don't need it and i think one of the central things you just said i mean we're all guilty aren't we of being mm. on i mean i'm definitely guilty yeah and you sort of present an idealized view of your life on facebook 
somebody said recently Absolutely. we mums do that all the time yeah so um i thought i stuck up a picture of my dirty dishes up one time i thought <laughs> let's start a movement <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because there is a movement generally in social media isn't yeah. there that people are saying do you know what i actually don't look like that all yeah. the time yeah absolutely. you know i'm not always on holiday you know, photos on a holiday, everyone yeah. laughing, having fun, yeah. um, blissful relationships. Yeah, you know, it's not. So I think we contribute. Would you agree, yeah. Shirley? What do you think? I absolutely agree with what Anessa is saying. And actually, I have sort of gone against the grain and put up some things that weren't great, some sad things. And actually, Anesta <laughs> got quite a lot of likes for that. And I wondered if people just thought, you know, what maybe that is a little bit more authentic, you know, than the tan person on the beach or something. What yeah, do you think? I think so. I think so. But I also think that that people love to feel sorry, not disrespectfully, but no, people no. love to feel sorry for other people because also it makes them realise that just because, it, like, seeing you go through something, they can see themselves going through it and they can empathise with it. Mm. But also, I think that often what happens with with Facebook, for example, is um, support websites. Uh, pages get put up and there's so many lights yeah. about depression and anxiety and all of that and it just becomes overwhelming right and i think it's important to have the reality out there but i think it's important to have the reality Mm. so yeah. you know depression isn't necessarily leading to to self-harm or suicide depression is massive it can be you're sad or you are suicidal there's a massive jump mm. between the two and i think we need to be clear mm. on where we are with it mm. So I think it's important, sorry, I think it's important that people see real life, but yeah. it has to be real life. Yeah, sure. I mean, one of the things I'd like to just um, touch on with you is, you know, drugs, because the, other, the young people didn't mention it, which I wondered if they might. You know, and as a mum of a teenager, it is my fear that my daughter's going to be led down that road. You know, do you have any kind of words of wisdom? Um maybe <laughs> <laughs> if i was yoda i would have loads of words <laughs> i think that with drugs i think you have to be open and honest and communicate because sometimes they are just gonna do it i think there's a big um campaign at the moment in some of the schools about the balloons that they're all um the nitrous oxide is it not the balloons that they're all that they're all on at the moment and i think that you need to be open and honest and communicate actually if you are going to do it you are going to do it but this is what you're actually doing because i don't think that they realize the implications behind it and i don't think they realize exactly what is in it you know cannabis is huge weed is you know is massive but what they don't realize is it causes it can cause depression psychosis so many different things and i think that you can't stop someone from doing it but what you can do is educate and inform communication with young people is key mm. massive it is the most important thing that you can do as a parent is communicate to your child and i think Anesta, that echoes the views of um professor fiona brooks who we had on our show a few months ago he's a professor of adolescence and child mental health at the university and she said if you're not the credible source of information the internet is yeah and that's absolutely. a very powerful statement yeah. isn't it yeah because if you you know who else are they going to get their information from yeah so would your advice again be to delve in where you don't want to delve just ask the questions have it yeah. out as openly as yeah, possible definitely and i think when i was on one of the shows before and we were talking about relationships and young people i think that one of the things that i said then was that, you know if you're in the car and i know i used to do it with my daughter if we're in the car you know we'd have a chat because there's not we're not face to face there's not that intimidation of your mum looking in your face seeing if you you know if you're telling the truth or whatever it, it's so much easier to communicate you know if you just 
boiling the potatoes or peeling the potatoes or whatever just communicate with them then in a really informal way non-judgmental non-emotional just communication clear precise communication now we're going to read out a few of the tips that um a local mom who's uh, local moms who've got teenagers have who've who've just been through the teenage years okay. so they're in their early 20s and we'll see what we all think hands okay. up if you agree so this lady says be prepared for an emotional roller coaster and try not to take things personally and esther's got her hands yeah, up 100 <laughs> percent oh two 100%. hands have gone up great agree boundaries in advance yeah now Camden mentioned that about you know boundaries, but they have to be negotiated, don't they? And yeah. not just sort of, you know, you got to do this. When you go out, if they ret- if they when they go out, if they return by the curfew, reward them with an extra fifteen minutes next time. What do you think of that? No, Esther? because then you're going to be doing like four hours, you know, each unless it's a case of you have a limited 15 minutes otherwise what are you going to do they're going to be coming in yeah (laughs) off partying down Batchwood at 12 no I don't agree with that I think reward them well done that's so good I'm really proud of you reward them with words rather than um, actions Shirley have you got some more there yeah tell them they need to build up your trust and then you will trust them more I don't like that you don't no I don't like that that sounds a bit I don't know it sounds a bit manipulative right okay I think that I, I think maybe it's the word build. You know, I have to learn to trust you and you have to learn to trust me. This is a relationship. This mm. is a, a joint effort. What can I do to support you? What can you do mm. to support me? You want to go out? You want to see your friends? Okay, so if you do that, how do I know that you're going to be home by your curfew? How do I know? And if you're not, what then happens? Mm. What consequences do you think is reasonable? Right, okay. What about, um, remember they are flooded with hormones which are controlling a lot of their behaviour? 100%. Right. What can you do about that? Absolutely nothing except be understanding. Uh, yeah. I mean, someone told me that teenage boys, the area of their brain to do with organisation doesn't even exist. No, that you have I to talk that to was them a, slowly. Yeah. That was, a, I think, a neuroscientist yeah. that we had on who and actually said them. That yeah. if you tap them when you're going to talk to them, then you get their attention. Isn't that something you find as teachers? Yeah, as definitely. Well. Definitely with boys. And actually, Camden said, didn't he? We don't want long stories. We just want no, the headlines. Yeah. yeah. And isn't that a bit of a male brain thing, in my experience, yeah. anyway? That, you know, definitely. men just want you to tell them the quick bit. They don't yeah. want a great big long. And yeah. he said and she said. Mm, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, exercise of any description is vital, releases stress, and yet yeah, we've heard that. I guess you're going to go with that one, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Um, enforcing sanctions, so, um, you know, cleaning the windows, digging the garden. Um, so, I don't know what you feel about that. Uh, yeah, what sanctions what are appropriate yeah. for 15, 16, 17-year-olds and Esther if they break the rules? Negotiate it. Negotiate it. If you just take their phone away, then they're going to hate you and they're going to kick off and destroy the, the house because you've taken their ho- arm away. So, what you have to do is negotiate. Okay, so, you've done this. I don't like that. You were late in, for example, and, you know, I was worried, I was concerned, so actually the next time you have to be in half an hour earlier end of if they have a problem with it negotiate done okay so you have to be in 15 minutes earlier or whatever but have a realistic thing in your mind that you're prepared to negotiate don't go lower than what you are prepared to do and don't do anything that you can't follow through Mm -hmm. which is again what debbie roberts has commented on that otherwise your your words are meaningless yeah absolutely yeah yeah Uh, and what about you know um risk-taking behaviors many parents listening will have children who've 
tried things and maybe they didn't even want to share with their friends what their child has done what would you say to them when they come home and they've been you know they're drunk and they're 14 or 15 or they've been smoking or taking weed or whatever what do they say to them at two o'clock in the morning when they come in or the next day what's your best advice definitely not two o'clock in the morning when they come in drunk because you're going to get no sense and you're probably going to get tears or drama so wait till the next day and explain your position on it and explain you know maybe the legal side of it actually you know you've broken the law this is the consequences of breaking the law however i'm not a policeman but i was worried this is how i felt this is what could have happened and actually ask them why why did you drink what was it about that party that made you drink how do you feel when you don't drink what would it have been like at that party if you didn't drink so you know have an idea of communicating you know hear them listen to them you know they're young people and they're teenagers and some of them are horrific but some of them are lovely and the chances are that actually they just need to be heard. They really just need to be heard. Okay, Claire, you wanted to come in there. Yeah, I, w- I had a question to ask. Um, my son came home smelling of smoke the other weekend, and obviously I didn't want to shout and yell. And I, I, as you say, I talked to him, mm. and I, I think his the main reason. I think he he said he'd tried it, um, and I think that was peer pressure. I think mm. they're under a lot of pressure. Yeah, and. You know, get, I'd like to be able to help him, give him some tools with which to deal with peer, peer pressure. Because I think that's, I know in my situation, that seems to be a problem for him. He, he wants yeah. to be, have lots of friends, he wants to be one of the cool guys, and um, he does come under a lot of pressure from his friends. So, if he's coming from a, if he's coming under a lot of pressure from his friends, are his friends his friends? are they the right people for him at this time you know maybe not maybe he needs to look at friends that are more like him because if they're out smoking and doing whatever and actually that's not who your son is then that's not who he needs to be with i mean it is difficult to to change a friendship group but actually maybe it's about empowering him with words with you know i'm banging on about communication but it is key and empowering him to be happy with who he is and to be able to say well actually i don't want to do that actually i don't need to do that and if he if he finds it difficult give him the words give him the way script, to get out of it script, yeah script yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah. What, what do you practice yeah, role play yeah. what do you say yeah. if somebody yeah. passes you a pill at a party yeah, exactly how, how do you deflect yeah. it what do you say in the moment yeah you say no and i do yeah. try and say to him it makes you the better person yeah. if you do say no and actually people will look up to you but i think when you're a 15 year old those that doesn't mean anything does it unfortunately yeah unfortunately when people say mm. go and have a try then you think okay i mean fair enough we've all tried it when we were younger and you just have to hope i guess that they're sensible enough not to not to continue Take it further. I mean, the thing is, I think that, it, that they are under a lot of pressure. And actually, you know, if if he does it now, the chances are he's not going to do it in six months. If he didn't, if he tried it and he didn't like it, he's going to find his own way to to not do it. But I think that sometimes with the um, you know they'll look up to you. They don't care. And actually, maybe what what if you adapt that to actually maybe someone else in the group doesn't want to do it either. And by you not doing it, you're helping them. So it gives them a little bit of power within That's that. That's a really good That's idea. A so, tip. Maybe. That you're yeah. not actually alone. Yeah. That people look yeah, like they want to yeah. try stuff. Yeah, but they don't. 
Mm. You could try my father's approach. My dad's approach was to give me one of his pipes when I was eight, and I still remember the smoke streaming into my lungs, and I am so (laughs) anti-smoking. So you can try that awful approach. (laughs) Massive pipe. (laughs) Uh, Shirley, were you going to say something there? Yeah, I was just thinking that what we were talking about leads us on to one of the other quotes, which I find um, interesting, and it says, uh, when you get the oh come on every other parent does it says it line you say to them this is my house these are my rules and if you want to live here you respect them i mean i don't know i just can't yeah that's what i thought yeah yeah Yeah, very authoritarian that's a really good one because because i think one of the studies janet goodall who's the professor in education of bath said that teenagers actually want the rules even if they you know rebel against them so i'm a big fan of that kind of you know, yeah, tight boundaries. They can it. be negotiated, yeah, but they but exist. We live in this house together. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, rather than my house, yes. my rules. Yeah. If you don't like it, get out. What? Where are the 15 year old going to go? It's not even realistic. It's, you yeah. can't even follow it through. Yeah. So, actually, yeah. we all live here and there are rules that we all have to live under. And yeah. actually, I'm not sure I like that. But if you don't like this, let's talk about it. I want to appeal to their better nature as well. Yeah. I think. I think it's hard sometimes when they're being stroppy and bolshy or whatever yeah. and think oh gosh you know they're unreasonable but in the end inside yeah. there is a good person and i think if what we find hard is trying to be positive you know mm. try and twist the negative make it positive because as soon as you get negative they switch off they don't respond but mm. you try and make that positive and they do you can bring them out of themselves a lot more i think i think so as well and i think that if you are angry or frustrated or can't get your own words out take a time out yourself and just say you know what baby i can't deal with this right now but in five minutes i'm going to come back and we can continue talking about it but right now i'm too angry to communicate i'm too angry to even listen to you so give me this time and then I'll come back. And them time. Yeah. I, what I find with my son is he gets angry because he's a teenager with testosterone yeah. flying around. He's angry. We're both angry. Yeah. Good idea. Just yeah. five minutes. Time out. Time out. Yeah. Yeah. I think as well you're modelling it. You, you're angry, but I'm, I am angry. That's okay, but I'm going to do something to sort of diffuse myself yeah. and teach them how to respond to that anger. And you're acknowledging you're, you're, you're giving a voice to the feeling. You're giving a word to the feeling because they don't know words to feel. Like the <clears throat> the young man that was in here before and he said, oh, I don't know. I don't know how to how I feel. He needs words. He needs to be able to say so maybe if his, if his mum's able to say to him, you know, actually, to me, it looks like you're really frustrated. To me, it looks like you're really worried. So that they have other words other than angry, sad and happy. So it is about giving them a script, a language, yeah. words, yeah. as many adjectives as yeah. you could possibly think yeah. of. I think, you know, we do that with younger children. We show yeah. them a happy face, a yeah. sad face, and, yeah. you know. And it's just, I think a lot of those things need to be applied yeah. to teenagers. Absolutely. And parents just sort of forget to do it. Yeah, mm. I agree. We've just started at Raphael House. We've just started, and we've got an outreach service in Hatfield. And actually, it was a young person in that that triggered me to use them. But we've just printed off a load of um, emojis. And we're doing a lot of work with the emoji because they don't have the words to go with the emotion. So if they can see the emoji, which is what they use every day, then they can start to describe that feeling. So the next time they use it, they then realise, okay, so this is what I'm feeling. So it then gives them more uh, an emotional vocabulary. I always say, 
find your emotional words so you know that is so important really is important and and lastly anesta if parents mm -hmm. are listening and they want to access your services yeah. or they're worried what, what who can they ring there or what can they do they can ring me or they can ring julia um on 0208 440944 9144 um, our website is raphaelhouse r-e-p-h-a-e-l house.org.uk and that's it and you're, Facebook. you're there at the end of the phone yeah yeah absolutely I'm there Julia's there we're all there brilliant brilliant oh, and last last advice what do you think ladies just to round up what would you say you've taken away from the show tonight Claire keep talking mm. keep yeah. communicating and mm. lots of love yeah what about yeah. you shirley i love what you've just said about giving them words for their feelings you know you look mm. to me like you might be frustrated that's really helpful thank you Pleasure. yeah and anesta just a quick round up for parents what was your what's your your parting shot your last <laughs> tip communication communication and honesty absolutely no nothing else. communication definite boundaries Communication, boundaries and honesty. I better stop talking before the list goes on to about 45 things, but <laughs> them three, definitely. Lovely. Communication, key. Well, thank you so much. I think yeah, we've all learned good. lots tonight. I'd just like to thank our guests very, very briefly. Uh, Claire Woods, uh, Debbie Roberts from Youth Connection, Sam and Camden out in the studio, and Esther Edge, of course, CEO of Raphael house counselling <laughs> centre got it right and uh, have I thanked everybody Shirley well Jess and Natasha and Jess and Natasha yeah, yeah. yeah so thank you very much for joining us on the parent show tonight and all the very best see you next week Neve solicitors are proud to sponsor the parent show the friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life visit nevesolicitors.co.uk Neve Solicitors, your complete legal solution.